Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you ever stop to consider that we have been born into conflict on this planet, because there's a long age conflict that has been going on, we have to stop and consider in our lives what has been provided for us as believers, as Christians, by God to be able to, in this conflict, overcome. Of course, we have to learn to identify who and what our enemy is. Many times we actually think that an individual person, uh, uh, even a neighbor, may be our enemy. But in reality, the scripture is very clear. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not against human beings that our conflict is against, even though human beings uh, set up the circumstances along with the influence of the spiritual enemy of our souls so that we wind up in the flesh wanting to uh, literally uh, take care of the conflict physically. But God has provided for us the weapons of knowing our enemy carefully, the weapons of prayer the different types of prayer. He's provided the weapon of the name of Jesus. Uh, He's provided for us the the weapon of the sword of the Spirit of God, the Word of God. Uh, these, These weapons are mighty through God. They're also effectual in our lives if we learn to properly use them and walk in them. So we had left off yesterday in Ephesians talking about how In the past, we walked according, this is Ephesians 2 and 3, chapter 2, verse 2 and verse 3, wherein in past times we walked according to the prince, uh, walked according to the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We were among, just like everyone else, we were among those who we had our behavior in past times, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And ultimately, that is one of the things that there will be a judgment upon this planet. Of all of those who have refused God's mercy, they will wind up tasting the wrath of God and tasting the wrath of the Lamb himself. For we do not walk, for even though we walk in the flesh, we walk in our physical bodies, not meaning that we live according to the flesh, but we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. This is the second time that Paul mentions, like in uh, Ephesians 6 in verse 12, that our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Here, he tells the Corinthians that we don't walk, even though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. And yesterday we had identified those strongholds as arguments and high places and and councils. Uh, Another translation that we had used for verse 4 was we don't use worldly weapons designed to kill the body or to destroy physical structures. Nor, we do, nor do we use the world's weapons of lies and distortion, manipulation, deceit, flattery, coercion, uh, sanctions, or trickery. But on the contrary, our weapons are from God and have divine power to free the mind. 
And that is very important for us to understand. The battlefield, the battleground begins in the mind. Now, it can move into the physical body with disease and infirmity and sickness and, and things like that. But basically, it is in the mind where we have to deal with things. The, uh, the, to heal the heart, demolish Satan's stronghold of fear, lies, and selfishness. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So there we learn to fight by identifying what are those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. What is that type of thinking that we have? that is against the mind of Christ and to learn to bring it into captivity with the Word of God. Let's take an example. In the Scripture, in the New Testament, we have uh, James and John on one occasion where uh, they saw Jesus and they were passing through either Samaria or one of those areas there and these two disciples wanted to call fire down. And burn those people up. Whether they could have done it or not, I, I don't know. But nonetheless, Jesus says, no, 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 no. You don't know what spirit you're of. In other words, you've led an influence. Something, you, you need to bring that into captivity. We are not to hate the Samaritans. One day, you're going to be preaching to them. And, and, and it's not for us to just simply destroy them and kill them just because we have an idea, we have a plan, or because we don't like them. So we learn, we learn to bring our thoughts under the obedience of Christ. We learn to bring every thought, especially those that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, that exalt themselves against the obedience of Christ. Uh, all you got to do is stop and think, well, you know, I, I, I don't really want to go and, 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 and preach the gospel or, or talk to other people of Christ. You know, that, that's really the, the, the job of the pastor and, he, you know, he, he should be doing that. that. That is a thought that is against the knowledge of God and it needs to be brought into captivity because the word of God, it says that you shall go into all the world and preach the gospel Every one of us is to be a witness to the truth of Christ. Each and every one of us should be able to take the words of salvation and convey them to someone else. Now, in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 2, verse 11, Paul, through several translations uh, here, conveys the idea of our enemy. And he says, lest Satan should have or should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, Paul talks about these devices, and they're, they're identified as, an in, as intentions, they're identified as plans, uh, they're identified as things which he has purposed to use to destroy us. He says, I, I did this so that Satan would not win anything from us. We know very well what his plans are so that we may not be outsmarted by Satan. After all, we are, we are not 
unaware of his intention. So basically, Paul was saying, we know, just like Jesus did, that the devil comes to kill, to destroy. He, he, he comes to, to do these things. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Three basic things in the life of any human being. And Paul was saying, you know, we've learned to identify those devices, those intentions, those plans, those purposes. But instead, we as a believer should use our mind according to Psalm 1 verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. We had learned as we had been talking about waiting upon the Lord, that the Israelites, when they came up out of the wilderness, even though they had seen all the miracles and all the things that God accomplished and did for them in Egypt, they soon forgot His works and they didn't wait for His counsel, learning to wait for the plans of God for our lives. When David was going to go after his enemy, he would go before the Lord, shall I go after them? And if I do go after them, am I going to win? And the Lord would tell him where and when and how and why. He would tell him yes, he would tell him no. And, and, and it's the same thing for us. We, we should not rush into anything without first having had an opportunity to wait upon the Lord. Now there's things that are before us where they're... they're they're a matter of, of, of life and death. And we must already be prepared ahead of time to make that decision. But I'm talking about things that in the long term, okay, you know, I live here. I want to move here. Uh, uh, Lord, is that the direction that you're, you're giving me? Uh, am I going to be able to find a church, you know, wherever you're sending me? I want to be able to be uh, planted in a church where I'm going to be fed and watered with the Word of God, where uh, you can use me to be as an instrument in that church or in that area. But to simply go because it pays better, or to simply go because there I'm going to have work and here I don't, without seeking the counsel of the Lord, we can wind up wrecking our lives with one wrong decision. So it is important to wait for his counsel. Israel did not. They did not. They, even after what they saw. Then Psalm 130 verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. In his word do I hope. And my soul waits for the Lord. This Psalm 130 verse 5 and 6. Uh, more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. We must learn and understand that it requires a 100% of our energy, a 100% of our mind, a 100% of our spirit to love God, to worship God, to serve God. Anything less than that is not acceptable. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Now, that's in uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. I want you to stop and think about that. This individual, uh, uh, young man, uh, most likely a lawyer of the law, had asked Jesus, 
And Jesus answered him. This is what's required. He was very wealthy, very rich. And he was not willing to let go of that. It was too hard. And the Bible says Jesus loved him, but he went away sad. How many people does the master love and walk away sad because the demand, the call upon our lives is too expensive. It's too massive or too great. But yet that is what he says. You must love me with all your heart. You must love me with all your soul. You must love me with all your mind. You must love me with all your strength. And sometimes we divide our strength, we divide our our love, our loyalty, our service unto the Lord into portions. Well, I'll give him so much of a portion and I'll reserve a certain portion for myself. But that is unacceptable, especially when Jesus in each of the Gospels is shown uh, sharing with this young man, you must love the Lord thy God. In Mark 12, 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Not only is it the first commandment, it is the first great commandment. It says in uh, Luke ten twenty seven, And he answered, answering them said, Thou shalt love thy Lord, thy God, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, as thy neighbor, as thyself. See, this is a very specific thing. This is not something that falls on somebody else. The thy there is you specifically, you that one person, not just you human beings, but you as an individual. In Isaiah 8.17, it says, I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob. I will look for him. Isaiah 25, verse 9, And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Are you, are we waiting for his salvation on a daily basis? And are we glad for that salvation? We should be rejoicing in it. It's such a wonderful uh, salvation. It is a massive salvation. There is nothing like it in the entire world what God has prepared for those those that love him. We must not neglect the salvation that he had provided for us. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. We run out of time. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer and our redemption draw near. The Lord richly and fully bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.